0: This podcast is brought to you by the Nuclear Energy Institute. It powers our cities. It boosts our economy. It creates jobs. It even powers space travel. It's nuclear energy. And it does so much more than you think. Discover all nuclear is doing at discovernuclear.com backslash CQ.
1: From the CQ Roll Call newsroom in Washington, this is the Week Ahead Podcast, your nonpartisan news source for how Congress and the federal government shape the real world. After Donald Trump dined with Democratic congressional leaders Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi on September 13th, the Democrats said they'd reached a deal with the president to save the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, which gives young unauthorized immigrants the right to stay in the country. Following a thrashing from nativists in the GOP, Trump said there was no deal, then reversed himself again and said there was, albeit conditional on a massive increase in border security. I'm Sean Zeller, deputy editor of CQ magazine, and I'm joined today by Catalina Camilla, our immigration editor, who's going to help us make sense of it. Welcome, Kat. Hi, Sean. So, Cat, let's take a step back. What is the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, better known as DACA, and how did it come to be?
2: President Obama created the program in 2012 largely as a response to the inability of Congress to pass what is known as the DREAM Act, which is legislation that would give a path to citizenship for these young undocumented immigrants who were brought here as children. At the time, Obama said that the policy was intended to protect, quote, talented young people who, for all intents and purposes, are Americans.
1: Tell me a little bit about them. Who are they?
2: The average DACA recipient today is about 25 years old. To qualify for benefits, you had to come here before your 16th birthday and have lived here since 2007. And this, these were the parameters set up in 2012 when the program began. DACA benefits give you uh, deportation relief, a work permit. Uh, you have to maintain all the laws and uh, prescribe to all the laws. You can't break laws, in other words. Uh, can't have a criminal record. You have record. a criminal
1: record. You're out. Uh,
2: you have to be working or attending school or in the military.
1: Paying taxes, then.
2: Yes. You're paying taxes and you're contributing to society. Uh, Now we see roughly 800,000 young undocumented immigrants who have received deportation relief and work authorization through DACA. There are estimates by the Nonpartisan Migration Policy Institute that uh, up to about 1.9 million people are actually eligible for the program.
1: And so of those 800,000, they've provided their information to the government. The government knows where they live. And so that's why they're really concerned about the future of this program.
2: There is a concern that the government would use that information uh, in uh, a negative way to remove them. But uh, the administration has said that the program will essentially be rescinded but it'll be in a pause for about six months while Congress tries to come up with a solution.
1: So people currently in the program are safe, but no future people get into the program?
2: There's a cutoff date on when new applications uh, would no longer be received. I want to stop here and, and point to the whole legislative dilemma that we're in. Opponents of, or critics of DACA, I should say, believe that Obama used, uh, used his presidential power in a wrong way, that they believed that it was executive overreach by creating the program. Supporters say the program uh, keeps families together and it really enhances someone's life. You're talking about someone who largely has grown up here in the United States and for all intents and purposes is American and what happens now the uncertainty is what's really causing a challenge within uh, the party because you have people who want to act compassionately but then the law and order types say uh, we need to return to the rule of law and rid the country of what they consider to be illegal immigrants
1: so correct me if i'm wrong but during his presidential campaign President Trump said he was going to get rid of this program, period. I will immediately terminate President Obama's illegal executive order on immigration. Immediately. Now he's saying, he's kind of, sort of splitting the difference, saying, I am getting rid of the Obama executive order, but I'd like Congress to essentially recreate the program.
2: In the campaign, he... T- he talked a lot about cracking down on illegal immigration. You heard a lot of talk about he's going to build this great, big, beautiful wall and have Mexico pay for it. And that is uh, a theme that a lot of people heard. He really only mentioned uh, the DACA program once or twice on the campaign trail. What a lot of people go back to uh, are his comments shortly after he took office, in which he said he wanted to treat recipients uh, with heart. He wanted to show that they could be treated with compassion. And he's been sort of vexed ever since then about wanting to undo Obama-era programs. But at the same time, as he said just recently, you can't just turn all these people away and throw them out of the country.
1: So was there a deal on DACA with Pelosi and Schumer, or was there not?
2: I like to think of it as there was an agreement to get an agreement. As we see a lot in Washington, there are talks going on with uh, different people at the table. And it's interesting to note that the Republican leaders were not at the table uh, where they discussed this issue, among other issues, uh, over Chinese food. And um, what came out uh, of the dinner was that there is a framework to get a legislative fix for the program and to find some way to provide legal status, but also to uh, ensure that there uh, are border security measures, some of which are already in a spending bill that the House passed this week. And then finally. The Democrats say that uh, the White House agreed or President Trump agreed to set aside the whole issue of funding for the wall and not tie it up with what happens to the DREAMers.
1: Got it. So it's preservation of the DACA program in exchange for massive increases in border security, but not including a wall.
2: That's what the Democrats say. And now
0: more from our sponsor, the Nuclear Energy Institute. It powers our cities and towns across the country. It creates jobs. It adds billions to the economy. It even powers space travel. Life as we know it wouldn't be life as we know it without it. And it's called nuclear energy. Yes, nuclear energy. Every day, nuclear energy helps us to keep our country running and moving forward. Discover all the things nuclear is doing at discovernuclear.com backslash, Cq nuclear power. the extraordinary.
1: All right. So let's assume they are serious about this. What's in it for President Trump?
2: Well, for President Trump, uh, this, if this happens, it would represent a legislative victory. It's something that has escaped him since he's been in office. Uh, he wanted he and the Republican Party thought that with unified government, they could uh, do away with, The Affordable Care Act, the health care law that President Obama signed in 2010, that didn't happen. It collapsed under the weight of uh, all these discussions and talks because we found that there was no easy solution on what to replace the law with. Tax reform is uh, ongoing right now. We'll get some details in a couple of weeks, but that's a very, very hard thing to obtain given the special interests and the uh, divide over who would actually benefit from tax cuts. So, Trump needs a win, and he wants a win, and more importantly, the Republican Party wants to go to voters in 2018 and say, you need to vote for us because we can govern and we can deliver. And so far, there are some there's some regulatory relief that has uh, happened, uh, but not a big sweeping legislative victory that, where you can say Trump did this.
1: And Trump had a little mini victory this month on the budget, where they he agreed with Pelosi and Schumer to kick the can down the road to December, keep the government funded, raise the debt ceiling. And so, is he seeing a little opening here with Democrats trying to? improve upon that budget deal and get something bigger now? Uh,
2: The deal on uh, the debt limit is an interesting point to bring up because while it is in fact a victory for him, it raised questions in his base about why is he dealing with the Democrats. Uh, And we saw uh, some of that backlash immediately after Wednesday night's dinner uh, was reported on uh, about the immigration deal. You had somebody like Congressman Steve King, who is a hardliner when it comes to illegal immigration. The Iowan. The Iowan. Talk about how Trump could lose his base. He uh, tweeted that if the if the reports were true, then Trump has blown up, destroyed uh, and uh, no promise is credible when it comes to dealing with him. And he's lost the base.
1: So is that what Democrats see in it, a chance to tamp down enthusiasm amongst the Republican base?
2: I think Democrats see an opportunity to uh, get a legislative victory that they've long wanted. Uh, I referred to the DREAM Act uh, earlier. The DREAM Act has been introduced uh, in one form or another since 2001. And in 2010, the House passed a version of this bill, but it couldn't get out of the Senate. And the DREAM Act is just one part of what is a larger debate over how to address illegal Im- immigration in this country, but also legal immigration. And we've seen attempts in the past to to get a comprehensive immigration bill uh, across, across the aisle and get it across uh, the finish line. But... One of the stumbling blocks has always been how do you balance security needs with uh, the desire by some to provide legal status or a pathway to citizenship, which are two different things, to the estimated 11 million undocumented immigrants already in the United States.
1: Might these immigrants become citizens and start voting for Democrats?
2: That could be. Is that possible Uh, as part of this deal, that they
1: could have a path to citizenship? uh,
2: Well, it's still, I think, too early to tell. Uh, The phraseology pathway to citizenship uh, brings up a lot of emotions within the Republican Party. Folks like Steve King, for instance, believe that it's amnesty. It's rewarding people who have broken the law.
1: Let's talk about the divide within the Republican Party on this. Um, You mentioned how Steve King is so upset about this. Uh, The conservative website Breitbart called President Trump amnesty Don, and it's now run again by his former campaign manager, Steve Bannon, is back at Breitbart. So that's very striking, the risk he's taking here um, with his base. Um, So how do the Republicans in Congress see the See this deal. I mean, they're the ones who are going to have to endorse it. Ultimately, they run both of the chambers.
2: Well, there's uh, an interesting dynamic here. Immigration policy as a whole really exposes the divide in the Republican Party between those who are pro business and want to grow the economy and recognize the fact that undocumented immigrants do contribute to the economy, and then there are those who uh, uh, believe. I guess you could call them in the populist faction, who believe that we need to return to the rule of law and not reward people who have come here illegally. And so it's that it's that group of people, the populists, the nativists, as you referred to them earlier, uh, who fueled Trump's rise. And if you take a look, if you step back a little bit from the debate over DACA, you'll see how uh, immigration policy has really evolved in the Republican Party uh, for several election cycles. George W. Bush got elected in 2000, in part because he promised to be the compassionate conservative. But by the time his brother was considered the frontrunner for the Republican nomination in 2016, Jeb Bush had to answer to why he supported as Florida governor, a pathway to citizenship for undocumented immigrants. In 2012, when uh, Texas governor, now Energy Secretary Rick Perry, was running for president, he had to answer critics like Mitt Romney about why he signed into law a policy that allowed undocumented immigrants to receive the same in-state tuition as other students going to Texas universities. And, and I think now we're seeing uh, perhaps a uh, pushback and more uh, anger from those people who believe Wait, Our country can no longer afford to, bring, to uh, provide services and to bring in all these people.
1: So that Republican base is going to be leaning on representatives and senators not to go along with any DACA deal. And we know that the Speaker of the House and the majority leader in the Senate are very reluctant to bring to the floor legislation that is not going to get a sizable majority of Republicans. So what happens if Schumer and Pelosi and Trump cut a deal, but most Republicans in Congress are against it?
2: I think you'll see for the next six months, which is the deadline imposed by the Trump administration to get a legislative fix for DACA, you'll see some horse trading going on. And we're already starting to hear rumblings, other members in the Republican Party about what they want in exchange. For instance, Senator Tom Cotton, a conservative, someone who has been talked about as a potential presidential candidate in the future, may want to see if he can get some of his provisions in his legal immigration bill passed through.
1: All right, Kat. Thank you. Please keep an eye on it for us. I'm Sean Zeller. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One.